Say something. Hello? Testing. Testing. Okay. Let's see. All right. Good evening. How are you today, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? Can you Good. hear me okay? Yes. All right. Let me see if that took. All right. Well, good evening. Good evening to all. Um, it is another day of some great discussion. This is the meeting place. It's the meeting after the meeting where real talk takes place. Um, as you know, that we started our history um, segment with the show. So make sure that you check out all the different entries that we have for that. But today we're going to talk about um, our education um, system, what's going on in education, how it's affecting us as far as the pandemic, how it's affecting our health and our wellness and, of course, our spiritual life. So our guest today, um, we're just going to chit-chat. It'll just be us two here today and um, in some upcoming segments, we have some different groups that's going to chime in on the educational system from administration and different educators and things with that. So we're going to go ahead and get started. So how are you today, sir? I'm doing well, ma'am. How are you? Very good. Very good. So what do you think with all of this, how our educational system is being affected with the pandemic and all? Where, where do you want to start here? Well, I mean, I guess you can look holistically at, at education as a whole, either I guess if you're going to talk about how education has been affected post-pandemic, we also need to start with where, where, where it was pre-pandemic. I mean, if you look at where it was, would mm -hmm. you call it quality or would you call it substandard? What, what would you say? Whoa. Okay. So are we talking about urban area schools, suburban schools? What are we talking about then? You know, I think we're talking about the system as a whole. I know a lot of times we divide the whole educational system by race and class and every other metric we can find, but the system as a whole as a whole is still a cohesive part. And I think if you look at it pre-pandemic, it really was not doing a very good job. And post-pandemic, it's doing an even worse job if that's possible. Oh, okay. Okay. So how about let's look at from let's start from the parents' perspective. You have a okay. child, you have a choice. Um, hybrid education, which is a combination of um, some virtual along with face-to-face. -face. Then you have the remote version or virtual where it's just, you know, on the device at home. So let's talk about the parent. How do you feel about the choices? How do you feel about um, is is Hey, is is this education what's what's happening? Is my child receiving a good education? Are the academics in line? Are we moving toward these standards, our Common Core standards? How do you feel as a parent, per se, with the educational system? You know, I think a lot of parents are more so reactionary. A lot of them may not even understand the deeper underlying purpose. I think we look at education and we say, okay are they able to read, write, and do math? But when you talk holistically about education, it's about are you able to understand the world that's around you? You know, mm -hmm. education has basically been compartmentalized. Like you go from one subject to the next subject to the next subject. So when you mm -hmm. talk about hybrid versus virtual, when you look at those two things, you, one could argue that hybrid is slightly better, 
slightly an improvement, but how much of an improvement? You could say that virtual definitely lacks the human component. And I guess, can you realistically teach someone without dealing with the entire person as to who they are as a human? What value does being a human place upon education? Is there a value that's placed upon that? I mean, if you never see a student Mm -hmm. as a teacher, are you Mm -hmm. ever even able to connect with that student? I mean, realistically, if you talk strictly from virtual, let's start there. Can you connect with the student? virtually through a computer. I look at it like to say that you're in a relationship and you're trying to date some young lady or young man mm-hmm. and you all never see each other. You basically communicate via text messages and Zoom and whatnot, but you've never spent any actual time with that person. You mm-hmm. may have an understanding on a general sense as to who this person is, but realistically, you can never really connect with a person unless you're actually in that person's presence. I mean, you're married, I'm married. Imagine trying to be with your spouse and you never, ever see that person. Mm-hmm. It's always via text message. It's always via Zoom. There's always there's going to be a human component that is missing. And I think that's often swept under the rug when we get to our, you know, our bureaucratic system where we're just like, well, it's all about efficiency. But mm-hmm. are we merely, you know, technological units? Are we merely robots and computers who don't have souls? I think what has happened with the virtual education has become soulless. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not really dealing with the, the whole person. And you can see it with the rise in depression and as we spoke, alcoholism and mm-hmm. suicide. Where, where, does, where, is these, where do these things come from? Because there's an emptiness mm-hmm. within people that is not being satisfied. So when you look at virtual, it promotes emptiness. I would argue that the education it gives isn't that good because you're not really getting to know who that person is and that person isn't really understanding who they are. Now, hybrid attempts to be a compromise between those two positions. It says, well, we're not going to see you all the time, but we'll see you sometime. Mm -hmm. I mean, is it better than virtual? I mean, you have to say it's better only from the standpoint that you actually get to interact with people. I really think about the kindergartners and the first graders Mm -hmm. and the, the little babies, as we tend to call them. What can they really get out of that? I mean, I know you and I are pretty much close in age, but when we went to kindergarten, we just, we played, we ran, we jumped, right. we spent mm-hmm. time with each other. That, that was actually learning. It amazes me how people say that learning how to play and to get along with people, that that's not education. We've fallen so far that we don't understand that being able to interact with somebody is one of the deepest and purest forms mm-hmm. of education. Mm-hmm. You have to learn how to interact with people. But we've ignored so, that and said, well, if you know how to know your numbers, now you know. Right, right. So the social skills. That's what were taking place there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, okay. So, but the way of the world right now is technology. We do everything through technology. So we can't say that maybe, hey, maybe this might be a good thing because they'll be more efficient with technology. We need to, you know, make sure that all of our um, kids or the generations now can handle the technology because everything is has that aspect to it. Well, when you do that, and I hear, I hear that argument, but what people never realize or seldom acknowledge is that there is a trade-off. Everything you do in life has a trade-off. Mm-hmm. If you choose to live in Michigan, that means you can't live in Florida. If you choose to go to Disney World for your vacation, that means you can't go to Niagara Falls. Okay. Everything has a trade-off. So if you want to say, well, the, ch- the children have to learn how to work in this technological society, the question becomes, who's controlling whom? Are humans controlling the technology 
or is the technology controlling the humans? And you have to ask yourself because that's the trade-off that you're going to have. I think we've seen a, a slow yet steady dehumanization of people over time. I mean, if you look at something as simple as Facebook, which was, which was purported to be a social media platform, Socialization means, you know, you're getting together with people and you're socializing and you're having a good time. That's the definition of social. You know, right. you're, you're fellowshipping. Right. Well, anybody with just a cursory look at Facebook, you can see how toxic and how much venom is mm-hmm. spewed and how much hatred is mm-hmm. on that platform. Then you ask yourself, is it really a social media platform or is it an anti-social media platform? And okay. I think what you see is that you see the result of technological. Uh, everything has that trade-off. You're seeing right. the fruits of technology. The more technological a society becomes, by definition, the more or the less human mm-hmm. it will become. If there's mm-hmm. an inverse relationship, if you become more technological, you become more dehumanized. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're saying. So when people say, well, we want our kids to be better at technology, okay, fine, but understand the trade-off that's coming. They're going to be less human. There's mm-hmm. going to be less love. There's going to be more hatred. These things are going to come. Now, as a society, are you ready to deal with those things? We talk about racism and all these other things that go on. Well, okay, but the more technological you become, mm-hmm. the more exacerbated these negative characteristics. Because let's be real, we are humans first. We're not machines. Now, if we were machines, well, we'd be having a totally different conversation. Okay. But we've got to ask ourselves, what is it we want to be? Or who, I should say, who is it we want to be? Those are the hard questions that are seldom addressed that really make people ponder, saying, well, maybe I need to think about that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so your opinion on the curriculum then? All right, so can we get the curriculum that we need with this remote and hybrid? Can our kids excel with what's handed to us now? I, I, I mean, I, I'm sure there will be different opinions on what that is, and curriculum is always an ongoing battle. You have people who think you should be doing X and another group of people who think you should be doing Y. So that's, that's almost a circular argument. But the question is, I think when you talk about a curriculum, what is the definition of a curriculum? It's a course of learning for improving the human mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are we doing now? Do you really see, and you're, you, you instruct as well from your students, do you see a true improvement in the cognitive abilities of the children? Do you see it? I think it's a couple of things. Too early to tell. Because this mm-hmm. is um, this is uh, the beginning of a norm right now, so I think it's too early to tell. And of course, we would need data to, you know, to look at that point. Well, where were they when we started? Um, how how are they now? Six months and nine months after that. So we're just really getting started. I think with the layoff from the summer, you know, the, in when the pandemic first started in the in the spring, and then we all had to you know, go into uh, the remote type learning. That was all a um, getting used to the technology, getting used to how we're going to be instructing, it, and the kids be getting used to, you know, um, how this is going to go. And so um, I think that was a precursor to what we're doing now. So I think starting now, going into the academic school year, is going to take time to even see, are we really getting the results that we want? How is the um, um, 
how do we use um, intervention in this? If, if some kids are, they're catching on, but they're still having difficulty using the technology. So I, I think it's a lot of little moving parts, and it would definitely, um, like with the Common Core, when it first came out, you, you can't really judge it then. That would take a couple of years to see if it's effective. Um, but personally looking at it right now, I'm big question mark, big question mark. Because like you said, you know, you do need that human piece. Um, the kids do need that encouragement and that um, interaction with the uh, teacher or an instructor and letting them know how, um, hey, we're trying to motivate you along here. Um, what can we do um, to improve this child? And uh, what techniques can I use? Because over the computer, it's we're a little limited, you know. So, yeah, so that's my take. But uh, I'm, I'm hopeful, a um, little nervous because these children, they're the future. They're the future leaders and things. So, so are, we, yeah. are we equipping them? to be the leaders that they need to be? When you define a leader, what is leadership? That's what I talked about when I said, what is a curriculum and how, does, how do we define that? Because yeah. I hear people say, well, we want these kids to be leaders and we want them to do great things. But mm -hmm. is, is great things, how do you define that? Is the curriculum that is currently designed, is it geared to build leaders or is it geared more so to build followers? Oh, thought-provoking. Okay. All right. All right. So let's go to, um, you talked a little bit about um, some of the negative effects that may come from this. Um, and I do agree. I do agree. Um, how is that going to affect our health and our spiritual um, life? Well, all of those things, and that's a big, big question that has yet to be determined, but I think that you can't separate health from the spiritual component. I think they're inextricably linked. And I think oftentimes, even in the modern churches, we tend to split those two things. We say, well, this is my spiritual life and this is my natural life. This is what I do for my health and mm -hmm. this is what I do for my spirit. But that's not how God would have us look at the life. Life is holistic. Everything is linked together. You know, your spiritual health is linked to your natural health. They all go together. Right. So when you talk about what do we have to do to be healthy, well, you know, look at, at American and not just American, but the world as a whole, it's a, it's a very unhealthy place. And one thing about health and what's very easy for a lot of us to do is to not take responsibility for ourselves. Even when you look at the, and you were speaking of the pandemic itself, the pandemic, it does not discriminate. What do I mean when I say that? I mean that you are the determinant. I am the determinant of how our lives are lived. What's, what is the current state of our health? We've seen that certain people get sick, certain people don't get mm -hmm. sick, it affects mm -hmm. certain people more, other people. But then you got to ask yourself. People just scratch their heads and say, well, you know, they have that new buzzword, comorbidity. Well, the mm -hmm. question is, how do you get a comorbidity? What is it that you're doing? I look at it like this. The way that we are healthy, it, I call it the late. What do I mean when I say that? That's an acronym for how you live, how you act, how you think, what you eat, and how mm. you handle stress. So mm. It's called the late. So all of those things combined make up our holistic life. There are certain people who, I'll be honest with you, there are certain people who never have to worry about 
catching the coronavirus. Now, I mean, I know the propaganda says that you're going to catch it. That's not true. That's mm-hmm. not true because everybody is not in the same place. If your life is, if you are living as God would have you to live, if you are acting as God would have you to live, if you're thinking and eating and handling stress his way, you're mm-hmm. not going to get sick. Because mm-hmm. why do I know this? Because he promised okay. that you would not get mm-hmm. sick. So there's mm-hmm. nothing that man can do to us that would supersede what God has already commanded. That takes me to the spiritual life of what the churches are saying. You see a whole lot of different responses from what goes on going on here. Some mm-hmm. of them are biblical. Some of them are not biblical. But one, one consistent constant that I've seen is a lot of the churches are operating in fear. And no matter what you say, fear is not of God. Mm-hmm. Fear comes from a lack of understanding and it comes from a lack of trust. So I think a lot of us have seen the true nature of who really means what they say and who has just been faking the funk, mm-hmm. if you will. We live in a very toxic world, very toxic world. So when you talk about health, do you know what I mean when I say toxic world? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, when I, when I talk about those toxicities, what's really making people sick is that we are toxic. We're eating bad food. Mm-hmm. We're drinking bad water. Mm-hmm. We're exposing ourselves to all sorts of chemicals. Mm-hmm. These are the things that get in your body. So what happens is, and people don't understand what the body does, God has designed us to be well. Yeah. But when we expose ourselves to things that damage the system, it's like driving a car. And instead of putting gasoline in your gas tank, you put milk in your mm-hmm. gas tank mm-hmm. or you put water in your gas tank. If you mm-hmm. do that, you destroy the way the system or the car mm-hmm. is designed to function. Mm-hmm. Same thing with our health. When we put things in our bodies that were not designed to be there, when you're eating a bunch of sugar, mm-hmm. candies, salts, meats, all these different things that are damaging your system, you're making your system break down. So we give ourselves these diseases slowly over time. Mm -hmm. So it's easier for us to say, well, I caught the flu or Mm -hmm. I caught diabetes or I was Mm -hmm. diagnosed with high blood pressure. Why Mm -hmm. do we do that? Because it's easier for us to put the blame and it's human nature. Who did, mm-hmm. What did Adam say? Well, God, Eve made me do it. She made me do it. <laughs> she, did, she didn't make him do anything. He consciously chose to do what he wanted to do. So we're lying to ourselves when we say, well, I have high blood pressure because, no, you gave that to yourself little by little, mm-hmm. each and every day, over time, with the choices that you made. And, mm-hmm. and that's hard. That's a hard thing for a lot of people to deal with. Even in the churches, the churches bless their hearts, but they teach a lot of false doctrines because they don't want to be responsible for the things that they should be responsible for. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying I got it all figured out, but I do. At least I can understand that. You know what, Marlon? Don't blame yourself. I'm sorry. Don't blame others for that. You need to blame yourself because you did that. That's something you did. So when you're saying the church is operating in fear, Mm-hmm. What do you mean? What do you mean they're operating here because they're wearing a mask to come to service? Well, what well, do you mean? Let's, 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 let's analyze this. When you say, okay. who, I guess when you talk about fear, the question becomes, who, where do you put your trust? Who is your faith in? When you're, you have children, I have children. Mm-hmm. One thing about a kid is if mama says, hold my hand, I'm going to take you across this street, the child has no fear. 
because the child knows that mama has me. Daddy That's says, right. get on my back. I'm going to carry you across his street. The kid, he hops up. He doesn't even hesitate. He hops on daddy's back, goes mm-hmm. across that street because he knows that his father and his mother will protect him. Yeah. So you talk about in this present age, what happens with the church? The church says, well, we believe in God. We trust God, but, and therein lies the problem, the but. The church has a but problem. We will do what God <laughs> says, but. Okay. We'll do what God says, but. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, do, they are far more obedient to what the government says, far more obedient to what the state says, than to what the Lord Jesus Christ says. And that's the problem because it can't be a but. When Peter tried to walk on the water, he was good as long as he kept his yeah, eyes on Christ. The minute right. he looked away, he started mm-hmm. to sink. So it's the mm-hmm. same thing with the church today. You know, we're good as long as we keep our eyes on Christ. But when something happens, because let's be honest, we're spoiled. Mm-hmm. We're pampered. We, mm-hmm. we've, had, we've had it pretty easy when you compare it to other countries. Okay. We have nice homes. You got nice cars. You got good friends. You live in relatively peaceful communities. Mm-hmm. So when you see that, it makes us spoiled. Yes, we are spoiled, mm-hmm. and we want it our way. So when something bad happens, like a pandemic hits, everybody freaks out because we're not used to it. It's like an ultimate test. Well, where does your faith? It's easy to have faith when everything is going well. Come on. When the kids are doing well, Come the on. family's doing well, you got money in the bank, you just mm-hmm. got that promotion, you got a nice car. When life mm-hmm. is easy, Faith is easy. Yeah. What happens when the rug is pulled from up under you? Okay, mm-hmm. now there's a pandemic, and so God is saying, okay, let me, let me see what my people are going to do. Are they going to believe me, or are they going to believe the word of man? And you can see that more and more churches are believing the word of men. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a test of faith. You know, mm-hmm. some people may say, oh, but you don't understand that God wants us to be wise. He wants us to make wise decisions. But see, the thing about God God, he, God can say be wise because only wisdom comes from God anyway. He said, don't fear and trust me. He said, trust him. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, if, if you're trusting him, it doesn't even make sense. You ever had to happen in your life when you're trusting someone, but it doesn't make any sense, mm-hmm. but you just do it anyway because you're being obedient to what was said to you to do. Right, right. Very good. Very good. Okay, okay. So... Let's get to this health piece now with okay. all, all this goings on now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and I can use myself as, as an example. You know, Absolutely. Yeah, lots going on, hardly any time to rest how I need to rest my mind and my body. Um, need something quick to chew on because uh, I have to get to the next um the next item on the to-do list, you know, be it for mm-hmm. or, or what have you. So I do see a decline in um, my health um, from, you know, nothing serious, just I'm tired a lot, um, mm-hmm. you know, from what I'm eating. We do more cooking than anything, but still, you know, not um, not that walk that I need to be taking every day not hitting those weights like I need to be doing. So with all the things that have came at us in the different, um, and, and it, not an excuse, but that's, that's real talk, that sometimes you right. have with your job, you have to do X, Y, and Z. You have to do X, Y, and Z for home. And you kind of put yourself on the back burner. So I know I'm guilty of that and said, okay, um, one thing that this pandemic did show me is that 
I need to still remember. I still have to take care of my mind, body, and spirit in order for me to operate at, at you know, my fullest capacity. So what mm-hmm. do you think is going on with our children and with everyone else? Um, how stress has hit them, the putting on the pounds, and, you know, and, and all of that. What's, what's going on here? What do we need to be watchful of? Well, as I said earlier in our conversation, you're looking at a world that is toxic and it also is lacking the faith that it needs. And I said that you can't separate the spiritual component from the health component. When you try to divide those two things, you're setting yourself up for failure, Mm -hmm. setting yourself up for trouble because it just won't happen. You Mm -hmm. have to be spiritually grounded, and you also have to be wise with what you're eating. You have to follow the plan that God has laid out for us to follow. So you look at the food that a lot of people eat. If you're eating food that is not nutritious for the body, you're basically, I'm sure you've heard the term empty calories before. You're just eating calories, and you're just packing on weight, because the body doesn't even recognize what you're, what's going on. You're eating unhealthy. A lot of the food that we have is extremely mineral deficient. It's, a lot of people are struggling from nutritional deficiencies. Mm-hmm. So if I was a person, you say, okay, I need you to recommend for me. What, what do I need to do? As I talked about that, how you're living, eating, acting, handling stress, the first thing I would say is water. You've mm-hmm. got to drink water. Now, a lot of people don't drink enough water. They say, well, I'm not thirsty. Your level of thirst is not an indication of if you are or are not thirsty because you could just be wrong. You don't know. Your body requires water to live. Three days, no water, you're done. You have to have some water. So Mm -hmm. I would recommend that everybody drinks no less than 64 ounces of water a day. If you can get half your body weight in water, that's great. But if you can't get that, no less than 64 ounces of pure water. I'm talking distilled water reverse osmosis water, definitely do not drink tap water. Tap Mm. water is toxic. It has Mm. chemicals. People don't understand that, you know, when you flush the toilet, they just recycle that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, you got drugs in there. You got all types. So they say they're filtering, but you still have fluoride. You have chlorine, all of these different things that are in your water. When you Mm. eat and you drink these things, it becomes a part of you, and it increases your toxic load. So okay. either distilled distill water or reverse osmosis water. Were you about to ask something? Oh, no, no, no. I was just in agreement. Yeah, yeah, because I I, uh, we do the reverse osmosis as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, now, another big thing that I would recommend for people, especially people of our complexion, darker skinned people, is uh, vitamin D. We, the black people that live in this northern culture, winter hits and the sun goes away, and we don't get as much vitamin D as we need. It's harder for us to absorb it from the sun. That's mm-hmm. primarily where you want to get it from is the sun. But when right. the winter hits, we don't get it. People say, well, why did everybody get sick? Why do they get sick in the winter? And I don't understand. The reason is your body is detoxing and you don't have the vitamin D that you need. The mm-hmm. seasons are changing. And your body says, okay, this is the time that I'm going to flush out all this garbage right. that you didn't put in your body from spring, summer. Now I'm going to get it out. That's what mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. And that's, mm-hmm. why you, that's why you see some people who will catch a flu or will catch a cold and other people don't. If the more toxic you are, the more mm-hmm. likely you are to catch a cold and the flu. Bottom mm-hmm. line, that's just what's yes. going to happen. Yes, yes, yes. So you need to get that vitamin D. I would recommend everybody take no less than 1,000 international units of vitamin D3. You yes. need that. You have to yes. get that to get in your system. And what yes. I'm talking about here is the minerals that we need in our body to survive that the food is not going to provide. Now, ultimately, you would love to get all this from your food. That would be ideal. That's the way God designed it. Get it from your food. 
but the food has it's genetically modified, it's processed. Mm-hmm. The food nowadays is horrible. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. So you have to supplement it to get what you need. Another right. recommendation I would make is selenium. If you're a person who's struggling with cancer and you have other issues that are going on, you need to be taking no less than 300 micrograms of whole food selenium. You take that every single day. Oh, that's ridiculous. No, it's not. If you want to be healthy, you have to do things God's way. This is the way you're supposed to do it. Do it mm-hmm. your own way if you want to, but you know that old principle, you reap what you what? So. You reap what you sow. <laughs> if, you do, if you do it your way, don't look ridiculous when you reap something mm-hmm. that you didn't want because you did it to yourself. Right, right, right. You right. also need to make sure there are a lot of people in our people in our community they're struggling with uh, diabetes, mm-hmm. like bad blood uh, blood sugar. The problem mm-hmm. is blood diabetes is because your body's not processing that sugar properly. So what you need is chromium. You have a chromium deficiency. The foods that we eat are totally stripped of chromium. Mm-hmm. That's why you see so many people with diabetes. They don't mm-hmm. have the minerals to battle that. So you need two to three hundred micrograms of chromium. You need this. Every day. Okay. People saying, I'm stressed. I'm stressed. I got so much going on. I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like I'm running here and there. I can't get my bearings about me. That means, one, you need to stop. You need to sleep. And anybody who's not going to bed by 10 o'clock, your body is not getting its rhythm, the rhythms that you need to sleep. Your body repairs. People think sleeping is just resting. It's not just resting. Your body is really repairing itself. It's repairing so from now, all that wear and tear that you've put on during the day, now your body's like, okay, time to shut it down. Let me repair your body. That's what God has designed sleep for. It's a rest period for repair. So if you say, I only get four hours of sleep, I only get five hours of sleep, then that means you're going to die early because your body is not being allowed to recover. You're running those tires. You're like, it's like driving a car on bald tires. You buy that tire, is going to blow. It's going to blow on because you're not giving, you're not repairing it and letting it rest. So for, the, I, there's a great mineral that's called magnesium. People have magnesium deficiencies also. People need to be taking no less than four to 500 milligrams of magnesium. It's great for sleep. If you have stress, you can't. You feel like you're always fidgety. You can't rest. You definitely need to have some magnesium in your diet. Absolutely. Something I would even recommend for our students. You know, they say that everyone has ADHD and they can't concentrate. And they can't pay attention. What you're looking at, their brain, that brain is not being nourished. These mm-hmm. kids, as well as adults, they need, they need some cod liver oil. It is very nourishing. Those omega-3 oils are outstanding yeah. for nourishing and yeah. feeding the brain. If you feel that you have brain fog and you don't, I feel like I can't even concentrate. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. You need to get some cod liver oil in your life. Take two grams of that a day. Just take it. Take it before you go to sleep. Knock yourself out. You sleep like a baby. Also, yeah. you mentioned earlier that exercise. You can, yeah. And you just get out and go for a walk. Ride yeah. that bike, go for mm-hmm. a run, some, uh, mm-hmm. do some uh, weights. Mm-hmm. Whatever you have to do, that's like health in a bottle yeah. is exercise. Exercising is amazing if you mm-hmm. do that. But sometimes we say, well, I'm too tired. Okay, well, that means you need to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> go to bed okay. and then wake okay. up and you can get up and do it earlier. Right. You're too tired because you're not resting. And this mm-hmm. goes back to what I was saying, and we're doing it to ourselves. Now, a lot mm-hmm. of people don't like to talk about this, but if you're not eliminating, if you're not having bowel movements consistently, I know yeah. people say, yeah, I only, go, I only take a bowel movement twice a week. Yes. I only take one once a week. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is, you are, you are toxic beyond belief because everything yeah. that should be 
out of you yes. is in you. Yes. So you are slowly but surely killing yourself. You have mm-hmm. got to take those bowel movements. Well, I can't yeah. get it to flow. What you need to do is you need to increase that water intake because you're yeah. clogged up. It's like clogged pipes. You got to drink that water. And if, if you still can't get it to move, there's another great product that I would recommend. It's called Oxy Powder. You can get mm. that at Global Healing. That is fantastic for moving that bowel movement. I've given that to some people, and they say, they'll say, oh, I go to the bathroom after they've taken that product. They say, I did not know how clogged up I was. Mm. I did not realize how much garbage and sludge I had in my body. It will clean you out. When you, so ultimately what I'm saying is all these things come together, and if, you, if you're having a relationship with God and you're praying and you're allowing him to control your mind, you will be in peace. There's no virus. Mm-hmm. There's no pandemic. I don't care if Trump is president. I don't care if Biden is president. <laughs> on, Once you get on, yourself God. together mentally and mm-hmm. spiritually, whatever's rocking and rolling around you becomes completely irrelevant. Because you are now grounded. The reason people are so running around, they're not grounded. They don't have any peace. Mm-hmm. But God promised to give us peace if we keep our mind stayed on him, which is what we don't do. Our mm-hmm. mind is everywhere else but mm-hmm. on him. If you combine those healthy habits with that spiritual life, you put those two things together, there's nothing that will get you off of your square. So those are my recommendations that I would make to your listeners on how to improve their health. Excellent. Absolutely excellent. But we cannot let this be the last time that we um, have a chit-chat. So I know uh, most times I have, you know, these in-depth conversations, you know, with uh, things that's going on in the world and uh, politically and otherwise. But this this is very important as well um, as far as our health and well-being because if you aren't taking care of yourself, you can't be very productive in other things that you're doing ministering to Absolutely. your loved ones, your family, Absolutely. your spouse, um, you know, um, and the people around you. So mm-hmm. so this was good talk, good talk. I so appreciate your time. So we'll have to make this happen again. And, um, well, thank I you for uh, having me on your show. I appreciate that. Absolutely. And this won't be the last time. Um, so I appreciate you. And Folks, thank you so much for being here, listening to The Meeting Place. Remember, it is The Meeting. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. You have a good evening, and thank you so much for your time.